exactly. That's what I loved about what you did. So what I'm trying to say is that, you see, now I'm ready. I'm ready, and I and I and I've finished the course. And, and I'm sitting, and I'm thinking as I'm sitting here now. Well, maybe this is my big break. This is my big chance. You know what I mean? What do you think? Look, what'd you say your name was? Rupert. My name is Rupert Puffin. All right, look, pal. Gotta tell you, this is a crazy business, but it's not unlike any other business. There are yeah. ground rules, and you don't just walk onto a network show without experience. Now, I know it's an old hackneyed expression, but it happens to be the truth. You've got to start at the bottom. I know. That's where I am, at the bottom. That's a perfect place to start. I know that, but I'm not... There's got to yeah, be a... It looks so simple to the viewer at home. Yeah, yeah. Those things that come so easily, that are so relaxed, and look like it's a matter of just taking another breath. It takes years and years and years of honing that and working it. podcast i have one guy i want to one my co-host here today i mean from my words because it's fucking sunday morning i haven't slept yet so, but here we are hot as balls people really fuck with my head but uh suzanne's here how you doing suzanne i'm doing good little stressed out it's hotter than fuck out I think so I shall be sitting in air conditioning. I think yesterday you said it, it, it felt like 107. I was like, well, I'm feeling every every uh, aspect of that. And thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went, to, like, we went to this outdoor kind of music festival. It wasn't Summerfest. It was just the local brewery was putting on like this day-long concert and beer specials. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was outdoors. Yep. Finally, after about 45 minutes of the great outdoors, husband and I... Managed to find our way inside because it was just it too damn hot and that many people and sweaty people. Oh, yeah. Ew, yeah, it was like it was like sweat soup outside. I can't, I, I can't, uh, I can't say this swamp ass does not exist because I'm a, I'm a thick guy. I get it sometimes, you know. It's just uh, this hot outside and yeah, it's bad, bro. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad in the UK here too. Here it's really hot in the UK. Oh man. Wow, I mean, uh, for, from what Gil says, it never stops raining in Scotland, and that I, I haven't, I've seen pictures. Gil, you're a liar, of Duncan and his child just sweating it up in the sun, you know. <laughs> but um, I'll ask you, Sue, first, uh, what you've been watching lately? Oh God, I've, I really haven't had the attention span for anything, so I've really not been watching too many movies. I watched the movies for our show. And we watched, okay, what did we watch Tuesday night? I cannot remember. We watched some shark movie. Um, oh, we watched The Reef. The Reef, yes. Yes, it is that time of the year where the shark movies, the 
you know, river water monster movies are just, it's primo viewing this time of year. And, oh, I, I also watch cock blockers. I came home Friday night. And I'm like, I need something stupid and funny. And it fit the bill. John Cena was fucking hilarious. It's pretty great. I, I enjoyed it. I, I watched it again recently, and uh, I had a good time with it. Yeah, I, we're thinking at some point in the next day or two, we really, really, really want to go see The Incredibles too, mm-hmm. because that was my favorite Pixar movie. I have a lot of favorites in that Pixar, that Pixar category, so I'm not sure which one's my favorite one, but it's up there. Yeah, it was always The Incredibles and then Monsters, Inc. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too, you know? Makes you real happy yeah. at the end of it, yeah. Because <laughs> so, I've just I I have no attention span. I'm like, you know, I I wait with bated breath for Forged in Fire every week. Oh yeah, that's a good show. That blade was slice, yes. It will kill. It will kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is guy, just that guy gets goodness. Too, that guy gets too excited saying that too. Oh, I know. That guy's gonna be a serial killer one day. Oh, I love Doug. He's awesome. And the it's like you always have Dave Baker, then the rotating other judges. Mm-hmm. And I wish they'd bring Knife for, knife for Death back, the knife fight, the knife obstacle course. They need to bring that back. Mm. Although it was pretty much, it, it was old, but it was still fun to watch. I've never seen any episodes with that on there. I should look for that, huh? Yeah, it was, it was, very, it was a short run, mm-hmm. but... Well worth it. They probably said, this is really fucking dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Because <laughs> the, the, the knife or death just sounds like a, like a dangerous thing. Oh, it it was for a lot of meat. And yeah, it's weird because you see them cutting stuff on those shows. And I'm like, you know, I really hope that doesn't go to waste. I want to know at what point my brain went from, oh, my God, cut that damn thing and have to. I hope that meat doesn't go to waste. I hope they have a big barbecue afterward so mm. it doesn't get thrown away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste the meat, people, you know. I just want to know when my brain made this change. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, me, I watched a, I watched a bunch of stuff, and pretty good stuff. I think the, the highlight of, uh, and I rarely watch new stuff, but I, I watched The Domestics because it came to VOD this weekend, and, uh, it's pretty great. It, it, it was playing at the Cinema Apocalypse Festival here in Chicago, and like the weekend after, it came to VOD. If you never heard it before, it's got Kate Bosworth and a uh, a guy who I recognize from things, but I forget who he's in, but she plays like the main female lead. Basically, planes release a toxin all over the world, or all over, all over the country, all, our country at least, and basically kills off everybody who's not immune to it, and the people that are left are fucking crazy and, ki- and killing each other like it's the purge all the time. The purge meets the road warriors just just killing people that that come across in their areas and stuff. And they're a husband and wife who are estranged. And there's fucking cannibalism and uh, all kinds of crazy fucking shit in this movie. It's just violent as hell. There's that co- sounds awesome. There's a couple of lulls in there, but you know it makes up for it in the not cutting away from the gore aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, this does sound spectacular. It's pretty great, and I recommend uh, people check it out, The Domestics. I don't want to give away too much about it. It's literally a brand new film. And uh, like I said, it's available on VOD right now for you guys to rent and possibly buy on like your platforms. I'm not sure. Um, 
Well, so I watched Ocean's Eight. Uh, this 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 is a rant. <laughs> oh no! Here we go. No, let's I, hear it. No, I watched it. You know, because I hear that it, it it connected to you know the other Ocean's films, and I really enjoy those. So I I had to give this one a go naturally, and I never seen such a, you know miscasting for certain roles, yeah. and you know like lack of chemistry. I mean, because if you watch those other ones, you know it it, it is. In all senses of the word, a dude bro movie. They're a bunch of dudes. They're gonna steal some shit. They're gonna scheme some shit. And this film, they had none of that. It just was Danny Ocean's sister, who's played by Sandra Bullock, gets out of jail, much like her her brother, who gets killed off in dialogue in the first three fil- three minutes of the film. I'm gonna give it away. I don't care. The Danny Ocean is is a dead person in this film and in, in this. I hope it doesn't go series. But you know they they they, they praise this. But they don't praise that Ghostbusters movie. Oh, girls, girls can do it too. It's like, yeah, but you're fucking miscast. Yet, yeah, I, I just, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say, I really hate that that whole flip flopping, going from dudes to chicks. It just doesn't work. It, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. And let me tell you what I would change. First of all, Anne Hathaway is useless in most everything, and she was pretty useless in this movie. You replace Anne Hathaway with Anna Kendrick. Helena Bonham Carter is just. Being hell on the bottom carters, which is being weird, and you know it really doesn't work in in this scenario. I think you had Rihanna in there. Why not throw Jada Pinkett Smith in there? She's pretty hot off of Gotham. Probably one of her best characters ever on Gotham. It's, it's Fish Mooney. It, it, if anything she's ever ever done, badass. She'd have been perfect in the the part of the Rihanna role. I don't like her as an actress. I really like her as a pop singer. And there, there's some other ones too. I mean. Kate Blanchett and, and, and Sandra Bullock were fine. Uh, they had Mindy Calling in there from the Mindy Project and other comedy stuff. I never seen anybody make her so dull in all my life, a comedy person. Usually I like her and stuff. But they, they, they made her so dull in this movie. They could have gave her something to do. And they just they just didn't. And it just Yes I just, just kept waiting for shit to happen. It's just them it's just them stealing a diamond. And it's not even it's it's like they got an Asian girl in there, and the whole the whole point of this movie is them stealing the Toulouse the, the Toulouse diamond, which is worth like 150 million dollars diamond necklace. And the whole scheme is that is is Anne Hathaway is gonna wear this to the Met the Met Gala ball, and then somebody is gonna literally pickpocket it off her neck while she's throwing up in the bathroom. It's like no, this is not an Ocean's film. If you watch it, those other films. They got like five or six schemes going at once to keep this shit going. And it, it doesn't work in this situation. It's just really boring. <coughs> and I, I, uh, truth be told, I'm glad I didn't pay to see it. It just is a real <laughs> piece of garbage. It, it really is. And I, I don't recommend it to anybody to see it because I know people who liked it. I know, people, I know friends of mine who liked it. But I just, I just can't see them making another one unless they have, you know, Sandy Bullock. Kate Blanchett and a whole new cast of people that, that, that fill out that eight. Because so much shit is just shoehorned into this picture about girls stealing a necklace that I I, I can't get it. It's just, a re, it's just a rehash of the first one. She's getting back at an ex-boyfriend that put her in jail. Except, you know, in the, in the original one, Julia Roberts didn't put Danny Ocean in jail. He put himself in jail from you know for stealing shit and stuff, you know. But it's just a revenge movie that really doesn't work. And I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just real bad, people. Uh, 
Oh, man. Whew, take a breath there, Sandy Bullock, you know. The 25 Years of Demolition, man. I like that movie. Let me tell you. It's good stuff. Um, what else did I watch? Ooh, I watched a good film I did. Somebody recommended in another group called Cisco Pike. It's got um, Chris Christopherson in his very first role, a very hairless role. He has no beard or mustache, which is very strange for me. Oh. Um, Harry Dean Stanton shows up in there. Um, Karen Black is in this movie. Gene Hackman's in this movie. It's basically Gene Hackman plays a cop who blackmails uh, Chris Christopherson to sell a whole bunch of weed because he's gonna he's got his third strike and he's gonna go to jail anyway. But Chris Christopherson, I mean, I mean um, Gene Hackman's a dirty cop, so he's saying that he could drop his charges if he sells this this hundred kilos of of, of of marijuana, basically to make like his retirement better than it was because he's gonna be not being a cop anymore and they're not gonna give him a shit for it. So. He gets his grand scheme to get this guy who, who is is a musician, a foreign musician, which I think Christopherson does the whole soundtrack. And um, the whole, there's a side plot of the movie where Harry Dean Stanton is his brother who's estranged and he comes back like two-thirds into the movie and they have a great song in there where they sing it together because Harry Dean Stanton was a a, a, um, a, a performer. And I, I think um, the performances and um, the soundtrack really make it a really great movie, so I recommend you checking out Cisco Pike. It's, uh, really enjoyable. Um, there's other stuff. I rewatched because I haven't watched it a long time, and I wanted to watch something stupid. I watched George of the Jungle with, uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and let, let me tell you, you laugh, and, and you should, because I, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun. But, but with the exception of, like, a lot of the, 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 oh, the OG CG stuff that they were doing back in those days that looks kind of choppy now... It's really funny, and people really, people really discount Brendan Fraser as a comedic actor and uh, physical comedy stuff. I, but he's really great in this movie as this this dumb ape man, and you got John Cleese playing the ape name ape, and the the original um, announcer for George of the Jungle is doing all the all the announcing stuff. And oh man, I I, I have a lot of fun with this stupid movie. And uh, I'm not even ashamed of it. I, I, I'll watch it again. It's just uh, George of the Jungle. I don't think I ever watched uh, the second one that exists, apparently. But I don't think I ever watched that. I'm just going to keep having fun with George of the Jungle and uh, be being done with that. Um, Anything else? I rewatched Clerks 2 because I've watched that in forever. You know, you still see the Weinstein glow on those uh, those, those Kevin Smith pictures. And it kind of hurts a little bit. But Clerks 2 is a... Uh, it makes you glad that they're not going to make Clerks three once you rewatch it. You watch, you feel watch it before you want to rewatch it. Not not in a bad way. It's just those characters have have set sail. They they've matured to where you know what you don't need another movie with these characters involved. You know th- their cycle is over. So people asking for a Clerks three is just asinine. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't, I don't want it to happen. Um, yeah, I I agree. And you know it's like. Clerks 2 is not a horrible movie, but I think they they really dragged out some jokes that really shouldn't have been dragged out. Yeah. It's like I watched I I I watched a lot this week cuz it's fucking hot outside, so you don't want to go anywhere. I watched Goon and Goon 2 uh Last of the Enforcers. Um the end of Goon Last of the Enforcers. It's it's really it's a lot better than I remember watching it for the first time cuz the first first time I watched it, it um I, I really felt like it, I was kind of shortchanged. But you watch it now, I watch it again, and uh, for probably like the third or fourth time, because I, I got really excited when it came out. Um, you know, that's another series that, that 
it, it ended. It just, right there. I mean, it had a perfect ending to it. If you've seen the film, uh, Ross Ray, Ross the Boss, gets his, his chance to shine again, playing again. And then it's it's the end of Doug's career. He, he's he's going to be a father now. That that's that's the end of it, you know. And he and that's uh that's the end of that of that that cycle. And they never need to make another one. So I I'm just get sick of these people like pushing these sequels, especially like these super fans and Kevin Smith fans. You know, God bless them. I'm one of them. But I am I'm, I'm also a realist. It doesn't need to see forty somethings in in, in mall rats too. I, I don't need to. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. I think Kevin Smith knew it wasn't going to happen, and I think he had almost everybody for it too, which is which which is like the biggest faux pas of that nobody wanted to buy it because Kevin Smith keeps making movies that are deemed bad movies now, you know, like Tusk and Yoga Hosers. But these no, his last great movie was Red State. Mm. See, but I enjoy Tusk and Yoga Hosers for what they are. Uh, Tusk was <laughs> just I, I I watched it. And I literally had my head cocked to the side the whole time going, what am I watching? It is a strange fucking movie. It really is. But if you, you, you literally made, he literally made, we, we discussed this before, maybe you weren't there on a podcast. We talked about the, the true North, what he calls a true North trilogy, you know, where it was to date. I think it was, it was, it was John, John Cross to where he made that movie based on a dare, basically. Somebody said he 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 was reading this. He read this article <coughs> on a Smodcast episode, and like people were like, oh, I, I, one of those. I bet you, I bet I won't eat this movie. Like I bet you can. And I said maybe I will. And then he made this fucking movie about a fucking walrus man and some weirdo Jacques Cousteau character, which Michael Parks, if I didn't have a powerhouse performance out of anybody, he really sold that shit. <laughs> oh, I know. He was really, he was really working to make that role really great, and I, I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't really, you know, get away from him with that because it, it works out really well for him, as far as yeah, because he became like that. He's already, he was already a B movie like star, like in like um second tier action films and stuff, and he uh, solidified himself in those Kevin Smith films about t- two great powerhouse performances. Before leaving this earth in, in Red State and, and Tusk. Tusk is a, it's not a great movie, but he acted his ass off in it. You know? <laughs> Some people might like uh, might like Justin Long turning into Walrus Man. Maybe he annoys you that much, but he's pretty great in Zack and Mary make a porno. And that's, that shit's funny, man. That's I just, I I really can't stand Justin Long. He that's... irritates me. He's got that, that long horse face, sad... <laughs> Um, oh God, just, I, I can't stand him. He's just the opposite of everything that I find attractive. But was he ever plowed by Mexican gangbangers in the backseat of the movie before? You know, I don't know about that though. I'm like, <sighs> I, I had that going for me for Jay, Fran Hathaway to where you get to see like full tits and they're kind of nice. Oh, the uh, Havoc. Yes. <laughs> yes. That movie. <laughs> Not a good movie, but Hey, boobs, nice ones. <laughs> um, it, no really new t- TV to speak of. I didn't watch a whole lot more past that. I started to watch this movie with John Hamm called Beirut, which I may or may not finish. So, oh, one I, of them. I'll let you know how that goes. You should have a big fan of the, the John Hamm, but uh, this is some political stuff that I really can't get into. <laughs> oh my god! But next up is that special segment known as the Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes. 
Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't order fries. Beef. Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Suzanne, which, what's pissing you off, girl? Oh, God, life, the universe, and everything. Life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> oh, it's just, buying a house is very stressful. We thought we had one house, and then the dude flaked. And one of my friends met, said something, and I'm like, you know, if only that would happen, it never will. But, you know, you have to put earnest money down when you put a contract on a house. Basically, it's money to say, yes, we are serious about buying this. And I, I honestly think that the person who is selling the house should have to do something as well. So when they flake, you get compensated for your time because we lost three days because of this asshole. And it's just it's all it's just very infuriating. But the one thing that I'm really angry about I told you, I mentioned that I went to that, uh, you know, beer fest thing yesterday. And there was this group of idiots and, uh, the, you know, they had a pizza box and I watched them leave. And they left the pizza box. I'm like, the garbage can is 20 feet away. You can't go throw that in the garbage? Why, why do people do that? It's just, it's disgusting. You're a pig. Pick up your shit not you know it, it is the entire world there to pick up after you did your mother pick up for you your entire life grow up throw your shit in the garbage maybe she did i don't know you know but no it was just there's tons of people there and it was just it, i find it just incredibly rude yeah and they left it on a chair once again limited seating just just please people don't do that it just it irritates me to no end and so far, that's all I'm going to bitch about this week. Oh. <laughs> yes, Pat is patting me on the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I have? I, I had something. I, I kind of really laid into that Ocean's 8 movie early on. I, I kind of I kind of wore out from that, that, that bitch about Ocean's 8. But <laughs> yeah, I do, let's hear the Hathaway hate away. No, 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 that's okay. I, I think I laid it out about how you said she's an actress. <laughs> You want to watch how she uses as an actress? Watch The Intern with Robert De Niro, where she just no, like thank you. it is a shit show. And I sat through the whole like two hours and five minutes of that movie. You know. You know what's worse? Watch The Devil Wears Prada. I like that movie. I, I, Everyone I, is great, but she is that's, like that's the issue. Everybody else is great, but she sucks. You know. Yeah, it's it's, it's just painful, and she's such a completely unlikable character. I like Stanley Tucci. I can watch him in anything, and he's pretty great in that movie. But um, she's not, man. I think my I think it's I think it's all the times my grandmother made me watch uh, the Princess Diaries with her because she needed that in her life because she's a big Julie. She was a big Julie Andrews fan. Oh yeah. So when that movie came out, she was all over it. I, I had to buy mm -hmm. it for her when it came out, and we watched it together. And like, okay, yeah, this is more for like a fourteen-year-old girl. It's not for me, you know. <laughs> not for me at all. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my, my beef is um, <clears throat> man. Every, I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna make this. Make, I'm, I'm just gonna say that everybody knows everything about everything, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm uh, I'm gonna put this in a plan to just 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 not to not to eliminate this segment, but to eliminate a lot of the political BS, and then 
make you guys mad at me for a while, okay? My, my co-hosts and people, you know? And uh, I'll talk about it towards the end of the show uh, what I have planned. But, um, yeah, people need to, like, stop and uh, read into things correctly and rob, rob, robble. And uh, there was a, an incident where, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, the Sarah Huckabee thing. I mean, you can take or leave this. You know, you, you go sit down at a place to go eat, and the person's a Republican and you don't like it, just, you throw them out, They're them and their family, their family deserves that. I'm one of those people that, that, that thinks that, you know, I, I wouldn't go up and, and tell Baron Trump, you know, you're a real piece of shit, little kid. I don't know this little kid. I know that his father's not that great of a person. I know that his, 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 rest of his family's kind of self-absorbed, but I don't know, I don't know what Baron Trump's doing. I don't know what's going through a child's mind. So for them to kick somebody out of a restaurant, you know, and hold their whole family just because their mother is working for Trump, I just, I just can't, I can't endorse that. And, uh, there's another thing where I think Seth Rogen, I met up with some, what he, he was somewhere and I forget, oh, it's Paul Ryan. I guess his kids are giant fans of Seth Rogen and he want they wanted to get a picture with him. And then Seth Rogen, who's a Canadian, happy happy Canada by the way, people. I'm really you know proud of your country and what I love. I love Canadian people, on the in the in the normal sense, the normal Canadian people that I love. You know who you are out there, but he denied uh, the, these kids a picture because of who their father was, and that's that's just that's, bullshit. that's more shitting on children that don't deserve it. You know, do they do they share the same political beliefs as their father? Probably not, but they probably really enjoy Pineapple Express. You know? Yeah. Just, that's just being an asshole. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he's lucky that he's blowing Judd Apatow. I mean, he's lucky. You know, that he he, he even has a career. Because without him, without that, that group of actors, you know, doing what they do, he would not have a career. Without people watching his films, he would not have a career. And these people need to remember that. that these people that, that are watching their stuff, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent... Uh, the Realist Party, 2000, 2000, uh, you know, 16 people, Realist Party, no, 2020, I'm sorry, the Realist Party, going full effect, people. That's the party I want to be in, the Realist Party. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah these people all watch your stuff, they, they all buy your CDs, they all listen to your shit on Spotify, they're basically handing you money for you to be fucking dickheads to them, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So in that, in that case, Seth Rogen, I really like your stuff, but go fuck yourself, sir. That that was bullshit. You know, I, I've, I've never I've never um, encountered this at a convention, and I've I've heard people stop coming to shows because of people's political beliefs. I think uh, comic artist George Perez stopped going to the states that Trump won, and then <laughs> for like two months, and then he turned that shit right around and figured. Wow, I guess I'm not going to make any money doing commissions and shit. I better pull my head out of my ass and just go meet the fans and be done with it. This is a situation where he could have just been nice to, to these to these children that wanted to say hello to him. And say, you know what, I don't like what your father does, but I'm going to put that aside for five seconds and take a selfie with these children. And say, oh, fuck that guy, you know. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, that's, like, I'm sorry, that is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how many times in our lives, you know, as, as adult humans, Suzanne, have we just known what somebody thinks and known what somebody did, and you just, like, ignore that for a couple of seconds and, like said, said hello to that person? 
Yeah, it's called um, courtesy. I mean, you, you don't gotta like saying hello to this person, but you just do it. Just to do it, you know. Exactly. Because we're not assholes. Give them an, give them an illusion that you actually like them, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the thing is, it's part of being, oh, God help me for saying this, an adult. Mm -hmm. we're, we're adulting at this point, Suzanne, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, do you have any idea how much I'd kill to be, like, <laughs> eight years old with a blanket fort right now? Man. <laughs> Simple ties, man. Me and, me and my Knight Rider Big Wheel, you know. That, that, <laughs> that, that thing could take me any place as long as it was around the block or they couldn't cross the street, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's enough of that, man. But uh, t t today, <laughs> it is the morning time. It's 1047 in the a.m., Already fucking hot outside, people. This is this is easy, easy to go away. I can't can't wait for the fall at this point. But uh, we're, yeah, and we were bitching about it being cold all spring, and now we're bitching about it being well, too I, hot. I, I, I ain't no complaints about being cold all spring. But uh, today we're here to do two films. Uh, in an episode I titled "Idol Worship" because uh, it's kind of got that feeling. We're doing the Joe Spinell, uh, Carolyn Monroe vehicle, the last horror film. And we're doing uh, the, the speaker of Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro and Jerry Lewis vehicle, uh, The King of Comedy. And now we'll start with the last horror film first, right after this. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. all yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. I just want to tell you about the film. Cause I am your prince, you are my lady dancer, 
that your death scene look absolutely real. Uh, the last horror film from 1982. Ah, your cheap plot synopsis is this. A New York taxi driver stalks a beautiful actress attending the Cannes Film Festival, which coincides with a series of violent killings of the lady's friends. Uh, this, like I mentioned before, stars Joe Spinell, who you might know from Maniac, and, um, <clears throat> of course, Rocky. He's in Rocky as well. He's in tons of stuff. But um, he plays Vinny, our, our, our cab driver, um, in the Mets hat. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was a Mets hat. Yes, yeah, so they thought it was a Mets hat. I had to mention it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays this cab driver who's who's literally obsessed with this actress, uh, Jaina Bates, who's played by Carolyn Monroe. And uh, his goal of goals is to make a film... Starring her, he does this by, what do you do? You go and stalk her at the Cannes Film Festival and film her at really inopportune times. But uh, I'm going to kick it to Suzanne first and ask her what she thought about the last horror film. And this is one of those movies, this was the first time watched for me that I've always tried to track down and then I'd forget about it. And I was really happy that we we're doing it on the show. And the other, one of my other just random things... Pat and I were watching one of the, I think it was, I, I can't remember if it wasn't Jason and the Argonauts, but it was uh, Sinbad or some, one of those. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's Car that's Carolyn Monroe. Pat looks at me and he's like, Carolyn Monroe, really? Carolyn Monroe? Yeah, 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 we all get it. Marilyn Monroe, Carolyn Monroe, whatever. Moving on. But, yeah, this one, this was a bizarre little movie. <laughs> I, it, I, it was Joe Spinell pulls off obsessive so well and just has that that kind of scary, sweaty dude demeanor. He's so sweaty in this movie, by the way, guys. So yes, sweaty. very, very, very sweaty. And that Matt's hat, like I said, glad I'm not a Matt's fan because that was that was bad. That hat was filthy. You could wring it out. <laughs> But it was. This is. I'm, I'm, I don't know how to place this movie. I know it, it's a horror movie because of the slasher aspect. It's kind of a psycho thriller. It's got a few different elements wrapped in. It's a. It's actually a pretty decent movie. I. It also. I mean. I think they actually did film this in Cannes. Oh yeah, with with no permits, I'm sure. Yeah, you can tell that there. This was definitely a bit of guerrilla filmmaking. Because if you look at the IMDb, it said this came out in '82. But 1985 in France, so they probably had to wait a few years to release this in France. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it's it is definitely a, a picture of its time. You know, it's like the the gritty early 80s New York, and you know, then you have your quick change over to the to the uh, beautiful and slick French landscape. I I like this. I, I wanted to like it more. But it just, I don't know. It's like, for me, the ending really fucked with me. I just, I didn't, the ending just kind of made very little sense. I just, I don't know what to make of it. I Was it this some just weird fever dream that he had? 
And I just, those little, I, I liked and disliked the cutaways of him being the big time movie director in the white cape. I mean, what was up with him and the capes in those little clips? Mm -hmm. Dudes well, like that... dudes like capes, I guess, like to feel the power, you know. I forget which, uh, and I'm sure this is based on somebody like that, like a director that wore a cape. And I want to say it's one of the big ones that wore a cape back in the day. Oh, probably. Yeah. I never thought about that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Um, It's just like I said, it was just the ending. Him and his mom are sitting there and I'm like, did this all actually happen? What the hell is going on here? Was he making this movie with himself as the star? I, I, I don't know. It just it was odd. I mean, maybe I need to watch it again. But I mean, it was it was a great movie. And, you know, you kind of got your surprise twist at the end. But just that clip with him and his mom sitting there just kind of made me cock my head to the side and go, what the hell? So I don't, I don't know. It's, it was, I, like I said, I like, I like that era of films. I do. I love the 80s. I love 80s horror movies. And this one was no exception. I liked, I, I really, like I said, love Sweaty Joe Spinell. But then again, it's I like Sweaty Joe Spinell in damn near everything. I Carolyn Monroe, she's not the greatest actress, but she definitely has a screen presence. Um, you know, all the side characters, I just never knew what was up with the with the Texan. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I just he just seemed like for me that the whole time he was just misplaced. It's like he walked onto the movie set and like, oh hey. We'll just use him, you know? Yeah. And uh, the guy who played her producer, ex-husband, a little bit over the top, but I thought he did a good job. But yeah, it was definitely different. I'm glad I finally got a chance to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, me for this film, I, I, um, I, I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. This was a trauma-distributed film on, on, on DVD and Blu-ray. I doubt on VHS, but... When it came out a long time ago, I've, I've always seen the box for it on, like, the trauma table at cons, and I've, I've been wanting to pick it up, and some guy had one for sale, and I bought it off of him, so I said, yeah, let, let's do it for this show, and, you know, yeah, I think it really works well with our next film, because it, it's almost like the same the same kind of obsession, but in this, in this one, you kind of get this thing to where he's obsessed with his actress, he's going to go chase her, and... Where the fuck do you get this fucking video camera from? I don't know, but but there's there's, there's so many things in the film that are they're kind of convoluted when you get when you get the ending that you get, especially like the the, the red herring uh, is the killer and kind of kind of really shoehorned in there the, the killer who the killer is at the end because the whole time you think that that he what he while he's filming and he, he's editing what he's filmed he's. He's picking who he wants to kill because it keeps showing film cells and him, like, <clears throat> putting a line across their neck to say he's going to cut their heads off, which this film has a couple great decapitation scenes in it, one of which is in the light and it looks kind of shitty as far as, like, when the head falls off into to the to the sink. And But um, the second one where they, 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 they do this correctly, they, they filmed it in the dark where uh, Spinell cuts some guy's head off with a... I forget what he cuts his head off at, at the chainsaw. end. Chainsaw. With a chainsaw. It's pretty epic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that was. You've you seen it in the dark. I had a lot of folks, I, I listened to a podcast about, um, he talked about the burning, 
And I think that one of the biggest things of the burning that bothered them and it really bothers me is that raft scene to where everything was in broad daylight so you could see every little shitty mistake in the special effects. Um, oh, you and I have discussed this. The Savini just dialed that one in. Yeah, but I, like, like I said, it was filmed like in like a darker sense and not in the, the, the bright, you know, the bright sunlight. And you didn't see everything, you know, it, it would have been a lot better. But um, not really great imaginative kills, but it, it, it worked really well with the, the obsession about him picking them off one by one. Really strange soundtrack in this film to go with this. If you, if you look, yeah. if you look up on the trouble box, it says featuring music from Depeche Mode. I was like, there's like one song from Depeche Mode in there, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe like thirty seconds. Yes, but uh, one the one song that you hear in here apparently is is sung, and it, it's it's the one that's played. Oh, the the, the is it the tight tightrope or it's played like six times in this movie or Live Wire. I forget what it's called. Oh, I'll find it in a second here. Oh, wait, I'll, I'm looking to. It's, it's performed by the guy who did the, the theme music for Full House, okay? And I learned this from from uh, Ohio Wire, per- performed by Jesse Frederick, who who did a whole <laughs> bunch of music for this fucking movie. Movie, And there was that one song by, oh, <laughs> by Depeche Mode in this movie. But most of the music is done by the guy who did the music for Full House. <laughs> so, so... Dig that shit next time you're watching Full House. When you think of Full House, think of the last horror film. Because that's, that's what you want, really, at the end of the day. The end of the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the whole time he's, he's making this film, supposedly making this film, there's a lot of what-have-yous in this film. And it's really... It, it can really it can t- either take you out of it or you can't. Because Spinell, as Vinny, plays this role so well. I mean, there's some really fucking trippy scenes. There's a scene where he's he taking all his pictures of this actress with him to Takan, and he plasts them against the wall, and he's doing this freaky nipple play in front of a big picture of her and and against the wall. And there's a the obsession is there, and that that's what really makes it work, I think. And um, yeah, it does. So I, I can't say it's a great movie as far as like as a fluid. You know, let's say, let's go watch this really well put together film, but it really, it really, it really, um, it really settles on Spinell's performance in this film, which which is ample. I mean, if you're going to pick a, a vehicle for Joe Spinell, this is great. Maniac, of course, is great. You know, but I think they're, they're almost the same animals. If you haven't seen Maniac, if, you have seen, if you've seen Maniac, you haven't seen the last horror film, I'd say watch it once and see how you like it. Because you know it's pretty great, and then the end, the end of it, like Suzanne said, there, there's a, a scene where you find out Spinell's not the killer. I won't give away who the killer is, but it's really stupid. Let's just throw this thing in there, and then it's really cemented by the end where you find out that they they haven't been killing at all. But this is Spinell's movie that he made. <laughs> I'm sure, not not under the guise of whatever. But this is like this is like one of the biggest what have you is his, his mother is Mama Spinell is is actually his actual mother Mary in the film and I really love the scenes with her because you could she's just that classic nagging Italian mother oh and yeah the end of the movie is her and her son watching this brand new movie that he made I'd, I'd imagine all this stuff that you've seen like the the kills and stuff in the movie and it's just that ending that tacked on bullshit. 
let's just throw a red herring in her and make him the killer ending. Is it a movie? Is it not a movie? Look, Mom, I, re I really enjoyed the movie. This is my last horror film. Yada, yada, yada. Because that was the whole thing in the whole, the whole film is the people that he was supposedly killing were getting all these notes from like, oh, this is going to be your last horror film. This is going to be your last horror film. Yada, yada, yada. And, uh, uh, one thing I can say is Carol Monroe, she doesn't do much to this film, but she, I really like her, uh, her blonde streaks in this film. Yes, that was, <laughs> they were, that was very, um, attention drawing. <laughs> fabulously 80s, her blonde streaks. And, uh, I really, really enjoyed those. And, uh, her, yeah. But it, like I said, it's all, it's all, it's all preempted on how much you could tolerate Joe Spinell being sweaty and looking, <laughs> looking crazy. And, you know, and a lot of people like that. So check out the last horror film. It's, 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 it's enjoyable. And, uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Anything else you want to say about the last horror film? No, I guess, uh, and one of the other scenes where I really think that Joe Spinell shined was when he went into that screening and, you know, you see this person just hacking this guy's chest apart. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> Spinell goes outside and confronts the director about it and, like, who wants to watch that? Yeah. And I was like, that is just, for me, a, just a, a classic Joe Spinell scene. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I truly did enjoy this movie. It's just the ending... I, I'm not sure which one, but it's, yeah. it, I don't know. Just that one ending with his, it was just, it was odd. I mean, that's all I could say. It was just odd. That's the pickle right there. You know, you don't know. It keeps you guessing. I guess that's a good thing. Oh, know? it is a good thing. Cause I'm sure there'll be many conversations about that, mm -hmm. but I just, I did enjoy the movie. I'm glad. I, like I said, this is a movie that's been on my want to see list for years and I just, I'd forget about it. I'd remember it. I'd forget about it. And I'm glad I finally got a chance to see it. But I'm I'm still, I'm giving this a higher score than I normally would just because of very sweaty Joe Spinell. Because that really, he he really put it into this movie. He really gave it everything. So I'm going to give it like a seven. That's fair. I really dug it, and I uh, I forgot to mention one thing when they're, they're he's talking to his mother about this is gonna be his last horror film, and he says he's gonna make this space picture next, and I thought that was really funny because if you've seen Star Crash, you know Joe Spinell and Carol Monroe act together in that movie too, and that's a that's a big old Star Wars ripoff that's kind of really yep. enjoyable, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that was like a throwback to a film they did before. Well, they did that and Maniac together, so. You get your uh, your Joe Spinell and Carolyn Monroe uh, crossover going on there. Oh yeah, that was really fun. And, uh, <laughs> the scene the scene in question where Suzanne <laughs> Suzanne was so glad that it wasn't a Yankees hat <laughs> uh, was Joe Spinell in a theater, Vinny in a theater wearing this fucking Mets hat. <laughs> and as soon as I saw it, I I had to post and say, "Hey Suzanne, at least this guy's wearing a Mets hat, dude. This fucking yeah. theater, you know." And she goes on right away. I couldn't tell if, if Vinny was jerking off or what was going on, but he was re really sweaty, like in most parts of this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I Honestly, I thought he was whacking off, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I, I give it a, I, give, I go with that seven. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I'll, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it again. I own the Blu-ray now, so I'll, uh, thanks Uncle Lloyd for, for making a decent looking copy for us. 
I think I think this is one of those films that was um um combined from different sources and uh was restored and put put put, put, put back together again. You could either like that or hate that. And there's a lot of film companies that are doing that now. So yeah, and you can definitely see the differences. Because I noticed that on, God, I can't remember what movie it was I bought, but you could tell where they spliced in some of the older stuff with the newer stuff on a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Some of it's really awful, like in My Bloody Valentine, where they say, hey, let's put all these unfinished gore scenes in this movie, and bleh. Yeah. And that's the first version of that film I saw, so I was turned off immediately. <laughs> then, But so I didn't like it for a lot of years until I seen the the original cut in HD. And I like that version better. Oh, I agree. Because it doesn't have shitty, unfinished effects in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, but gore be damned. Uh, we're going to move on to our next feature, which is The King of Comedy, uh, directed by the great uh, Martin Scorsese, right after this. Are you terrified by real life? Us too! You like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. I'm thinking as I'm sitting here now, well, maybe this is my big break. This is my big chance. You know what I mean? You don't just walk on to a network show without experience. Now, I know it's an old hackneyed expression, but it happens to be the truth. You've got to start at the bottom. I know. That's where I am, at the bottom. That's a perfect place to start. So will you please give your warmest greetings to the newest king of comedy, Rupert... Pupkin. His name is Rupert Pupkin. He lives in a world of make-believe. Oh, Jerry, I love this guy. Always coming up with these great lines. I love him. I love him. Nobody can remember his name. Mr. Pipkin. Mr. Pupnik. Mr. Puffer. Rupert. Pupkin. P-U-P-K-I-N. But by 11.30 tonight, the whole world will know that Rupert Pupkin is the new king of comedy. Robert De Niro. Jerry Lewis in a Martin Scorsese picture. The King of Comedy. The King of Comedy, also from 1982. So let's go with that. It's just a happy coincidence there. Uh, plot synopsis is this. Aspiring comic Rupert Pupkin. Uh, yeah, you've heard that name a ton. Attempts to achieve success by show business by stalking his idol, a late-night talk show host who craves his own privacy. That's a shitty synopsis. Yeah, that is a really bad synopsis. He craves his own privacy. I, I crave it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even remotely correct. He loved being in the public eye. He, he walked down the street in public t- saying hello to people. Yeah, then... he wasn't ducking into limos the whole time. Yeah, that was... that. Now, that synopsis is just completely wrong. It's incorrect. But, uh... Robert De Niro plays an aspiring comic who's uh, is obsessed with, with getting on this this guy Jerry Langford show played by Jerry Lewis who's like a like a Johnny Carson type and um, 
yeah, he, he takes to the point of uh, kidnapping him just so he can get so he can get on TV. Uh, you also see Sandra Bernhardt in this movie as as Masha, who's a really <laughs> she's just playing Sandra Bernhardt being obsessive too. Yeah, that's fine though. <laughs> I think she's pretty great as is like the, the a shitty character in this movie. But um, I'll let you lead again on this one, Suzanne. What you what you think of the King comedy? Well, I know this is one of those movies that my mom and my grandmother watched a lot. And I guess when I was younger, I just I didn't get the humor in it. I kind of do now. I watched it last summer. I watched it, and when I watched it for this show, it's for me. It just whenever I hear the name Rupert Pupkin, I just have to giggle because it is just the most it just comical sounding name they could have come up with. And having uh, great Pat just made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> well, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But no, just the 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 name is just hilarious. And seeing Robert De Niro, I, I just never pictured him playing something a character like Rupert Popkin. And let's see how many times I can say Rupert Popkin while we're doing this, just because it just has a nice roll to it, don't you think? Yes. Unless you, <laughs> unless you mispronounce it, of course, like he says all the time in this movie, you know. Rupert Pumpkin. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it was. I, you can tell that this was kind of a just a zany side project. I mean, it's one thing that's you know very you know very Scorsese is the always the New York backdrop, and you know it's you know with Jerry walking down the street, you know you just really get to see the sights and the sounds of New York. And I did love Sandra Bernhardt in this. She was just nuts. And I think that Jerry Lewis played the straight man in this really well. And that's not something, you know, because I'm watching all the old Jerry Lewis movies and they were just kind of a lot of slapstick comedy. And it's, it's, it was just really unusual seeing him play the straight man. And I mean, the cast is great. You could tell this was at the height of, you know, Johnny Carson when, you know, the talk show host was God. And I just found the the only thing I found a little off was the interactions between De Niro and Jerry Lewis were just they felt a little forced at times. There wasn't like a casual flow to it. Well, there really wasn't because I think that in the script, it was really meant for them just to be uncomfortable around each other constantly because. Well, then that probably made it. Then that was probably the way it was supposed to be seen. But I just it's. I appreciate the movie a little bit more now than I did when I was younger and didn't get the humor in it. This time around, yeah, it was it was really funny. It took me I was there was a lot going on when I sat down to try to watch this, so it took me four hours to watch a hour and fifty minute movie. It happens. Yeah. But yeah, it was just I'm just mad that I derailed in the middle of what I was trying to nah, say before. Keep keep the party going. What else you gotta say? Um, I just I I really liked Rupert Pupkin. He just seemed like this lovable loser. Just except you know he's the one scene that I found incredibly uncomfortable is when he took that girl with him to Jerry's house. Yeah. That was I mean it's it was uncomfortable because you knew he was not supposed to be there, and. Uh, 
you, you just really got that sense of not belonging. Yeah, and uh, that the whole scene where she's she I don't know who, who the fuck does this. You know, she's just like going through his shit and fucking yeah. going upstairs. I mean, it, it's not like it's fucking like Wayne Newton's house, like Shenandoah. It's just fucking like a fucking lake house. And she's like, wow, I've never seen all this shit before. Let's go upstairs and see what's up there. It's like, no, you're like a guest in this dude's house. Sort of. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the one, another one that I enjoyed is, like, when he was fantasizing about him and Jerry having that conversation and wanting him to, come on, six weeks. It's only six weeks. And when Jerry Lewis wrapped his fingers around his throat and started choking him. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a good movie. I really, like I said, I'm glad I, I, I get, I, I understand the humor a little bit more. And it was, like I said, it was something I know my mom and my grandmother watched a lot. But that's about all I can come up with right now. That's okay. Uh, yeah, this is what I haven't seen before. I, it's one of those random Scorsese films that I've always seen around, but I never actually said and watched it. There's a couple out there, like New York, New York. With 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 Liza Minnelli, I've never seen that either, and um, <clears throat> I I really like uh, the Rupert character because he's I don't like him like in the sense of like wow he's so likable. I, I like De Niro's commitment to the role, <laughs> where it almost seemed real. Like how, what what's the most craziest way you could ever become famous? Let, let's just kidnap this 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 supposed television show icon. And thrust myself onto his show forcibly. And then it wasn't that that got him famous. It was the fact that he did all this that got him famous. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect the most about this. Like, how far would you go to get fame? You know, whether, you know, would you do it by force? In this case, he did. And he had Sandra Bernhardt's character, Masha, you know, who's constantly nagging on him the whole time and constantly stalking Jerry. And, you know, she had the opportunity to, 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 to pretty much fuck Jerry. And, of course, she messed that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, the stuff the stuff where Robert De Niro's talking to himself, where Rupert's talking to himself, about imagining, you know, what could be, are probably some of the best parts of this movie. Because you can really see that psychosis as of, 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 of obsession again with, with being famous and being... Just being Jerry's friend, like being like his little Ed McMahon in a way, and he really wanted this, and it really, he really sold it. <clears throat> and the whole time, Jerry's getting more and more annoyed. His assistant's getting more and more annoyed, and uh, it really shows in that that scene where they 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 basically put themselves in Jerry's house, and Jerry's giving like glare, like you know what the fuck are you even doing here? I mean, like a thousand times you've seen this in movies to where, you know, you had that friend that's just hanging around, hanging around, and then you get that confrontation scene. It's like, well, I never really fucking wanted you here anyway. And, yeah. And they had the whole conversation about, you know, I, I talked to you just to get rid of you, yada, yada, yada. And this this is what set him over the edge. And I, I really liked that churn of this character where he just went full tilt. I don't give a fuck what happens. I'm going to get on television. And then he does, and... Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how he pulled that off. It, it, was, it was really crazy. But uh, this 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 film is really built on De Niro's performance. Not not so much Jerry Lewis. You can tell Jerry Lewis has kind of collected a paycheck in this movie. 
because you, you got some good stuff out of him, like 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 Suzanne mentioned with the the, the fantasy scene where he's, he's he's choking him. If you if you watch it out of context, it's actually really funny watching Jerry Lewis choke Robert De Niro. It is, <laughs> but uh, in context, is like you see that that psychosis of this character just losing it. You know, he's obsessed with being famous, obsessed with this this person that he thinks is really going to get him to stardom, and uh, a poor poor. I don't know what his relationship is with with Rita, but this she's like the doormat of this movie. <laughs> and then, at the same time, she really is a fame whore because even you know when when he gets on television forcibly, she was really mad at him before that for, for basically having her look bad in front of Jerry by imposing them to come into to his house. But it like all switched around. I was like, yeah, I don't really feel sorry for this character much anymore because he's kind of a fame whore and you know this seems like a life that she wants just hanging on people who are famous are going to be famous and and uh in the end you know i i don't like the end of this movie because it it it, it kind of really hits home like yeah this is how you can become famous through, through blackmail and kidnapping and you don't really see like jerry's reaction to to, to what's going on here it's just you know Hey, this asshole's got his own show now. You know what about it? And yeah. you would hope that's part of, more part of his psychosis. Like maybe, maybe he's still in jail. That that would be a nice turn of the story. Like he wakes up, like, hey, it's it's dinner time, R- Rupert. Like, oh, oh man, I was that his excellent dream or something? You know, because <laughs> I I don't see you know maybe in like today's world if this if Rupert was in like a social media atmosphere. I think something like this would have really worked more because that that word of mouth would have got out there. But I, I I'm one of those people who didn't watch Carson back in the day, but I, I'm, I'm I realize how big Carson was back in the day. Yeah. Everybody watched it, yada yada yada. I mean, a lot of a lot of comedians got their start on Carson show, and probably wouldn't have been very famous without him. And that's because everybody watched it. So the fact that him wanting to get on this guy's show to guess to be seen is not that being too obsessive, it's more like pushing him towards a career and but still the 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 crazy obsession was there. I, I mean the parts where he where he's sitting in his room where he's like kissing the the cut out of like Liza Minnelli and stuff. Oh hi Liza, you know, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> it reminded me of the, the Seinfeld where, where Kramer got all the stuff from the Merv Griffin show set. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I think that's the same one where, where Jerry had the girlfriend that, that was um, had a bunch of toys, but she wouldn't let him play with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what reminded me of, like, like, Kramer just, like, sitting, like, intently wondering what's happening with Newman sitting next to him. And, uh, that, that <laughs> it makes you laugh every time that episode comes on. But, uh... Yeah, it, 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 it's not the best thing you'll see from Scorsese, by by far. But as a film, you know, trying to do what it does, it works It works really well in that sense. It, it uh, It's not overly long, I, I guess. What was this one again? It was... Uh, An hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think they could have cut 20 minutes out, maybe. Or like, 50, or like 10 minutes out. Yeah, there were, there were some draggy parts. But um, it worked really well for what it was trying to do. And uh, I think this guy, this writer, Paul D. Zerman, was, this was the only thing he ever wrote, so I don't know what happened there. But um, 
I'll kick it to Suzanne. Is anything else you'd like to say about the movie? And uh, what is her rating, 1 to 10? Um, yeah, for me, this, this just seems like a Scorsese zany side project. And it's... It, it, I hate to say it, but it is definitely showing its age. Oh, definitely, yeah. Because all, all the all the late-night hosts now are just a bunch of political clowns, you know, that are basically puppets for the network. Exactly. There's, you know, like I said, Carson <laughs> was Carson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> him and David Letterman were the last of the true talk show hosts. You gotta have some kind uh, of personality, you know, yeah. and let it convey. I mean, I, I used to love... I remember when, when Kimmel... Well, Kimmel's still on ABC, but he had the whole schmeal about, I'm not going to talk about gun control on the show, yada, yada, fuck, 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 with all these, there's still, still school shootings going on. And then, like, the next week, oh, let's talk about gun control. Now, you knew that was just the network pulling strings saying, you're going to talk about gun control uh, there, Jimmy Kimmel. Remember where you came from? Girls jumping on trampolines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. They, they just all it's, seem to have an agenda and no personality, and I think, like, like you I said, know. you kind of, you, you kind of hope for for these days to come back where you just have this guy that will do funny bits and you know talk to people. I'm almost disappointed there wasn't a scene where Jerry wasn't playing with animals. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just thinking of stupid pet tricks. Yes. <laughs> oh, good, I, continue. Um, I'm sorry. I, oh no! It's I just. I like the movie, and I agree. It's definitely not one of Scorsese's best. It's not. I don't. I, I really don't know if you could even, you know, name a worse. But I just. I'm kind of mediocre to this movie. It just. It's there. There's some bits, and that's what. That's what I get from it. So I'm once again. I'm. I really hate doing this, but I'm. I made it like a six. No, that's fine, and I agree. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right there with that six. I, can't, I can't even say, oh, maybe if I'll go back to watch it again, that I'll, I'll really enjoy it more. But again, it's another, another one of those films where the script isn't all that great, but it's really a film built on performances, like Spinell in 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 the, in the first movie we talked about. If, yeah. If Robert De Niro wasn't as as crazy and zany as he was in this film, and so sure of himself, I I don't. Think it would have been lukewarm. It would have been very lukewarm, and um. I know this film has its fans, and this is the first time i ever seen it, but it's not one that I would run back to go watch again. I would find some other Scorsese film that I haven't seen before, like Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, or the or After Hours, you know, stuff like that that I haven't seen before, before I go run back to go see this again. Yeah. But yeah, six, six is on both of our ends, and uh, we will be right back to close out the show. Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I am Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, bark, bark. And he said, bark, bark, She said, bark, 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 bark. That's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner. The other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show is available on Hello Doomed Show.podomatic.com and Doomed Moviethon.com. Hello, hello, this is the Doomed Show. Richard Brad Jeffrey Naffa. It's the Doomed Show.
Did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday the 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. I really have one person to mention on the Butcher's Block this week, but we're gonna kind of save it for like a special thing because Jamie and Iris isn't here, but we uh, we lost one of the most prolific uh, writers of. I'd say the this century and the last, uh, Mr. Harlan Ellison passed away. And um, if you want to talk something quick about it, Suzanne, I don't have a whole lot to say because I wasn't a big reader of his stuff, but I know how prolific he was in, in t- TV writing and film writing and Jim, James Cameron ripping him off for Terminator, stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, He almost went bankrupt suing James Cameron. Yeah. And James Cameron should be ashamed of himself. Mm-hmm. But I think we also, on uh, X's last ride, uh, did our James Cameron hate fest. Yes. <laughs> this is just an addition to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've always been a fan of his writing. I, he, he gave science fiction some teeth. And it wasn't all about, you know, aliens. And you know, science fiction is just can be so completely different. That's what makes it science fiction. And... And I wrote The City on the Edge of Forever, which is quite possibly the greatest Star Trek episode ever written. I've watched it about 50 times. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, there was just something, there was a, a hardness to his writing. I could only read short bits of Harland at a time because it gets inside your head and then I get angry. Because, you know, Harlan was a very angry little guy. <laughs> you know, I met him a couple of times like, got a couple of autographs two completely different experiences the first one he was fun he was jovial the last one he was just a bastard mm. but yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that till till jamie uh and iris or jamie and or iris can join us i'm sure they have a lot more to contribute to this conversation but it'll probably be like a one-off episode we might do a boy and his dog because that's available on um, shout tv for you guys to watch for free uh streaming with a couple little ads in there so uh if you haven't checked out Shout TV yet, uh, have you utilized that yet? There's lots of good stuff to watch on there for free. Go, uh, oh, yes. go check it out. Um, but yeah, Suzanne, go ahead and pimp your stuff, girl. What is something you got coming up? Oh, wow. Um, NFW coming out Tuesday. I think we are finally at the end of the Demons Run. Hey! And start, yay! <laughs> and starting on. Basket Case. We're going to do the three Basket Case movies, and after that, we're going into our, you know, yearly Summer Fun Fest or Summer Fun Shark Fest. So stay tuned for that, and that's on the Horophilia Network, the NFW podcast. Sorry about that. Yeah, you can find <laughs> me here. Uh, <laughs> and now the two drink minimum commentaries, both can be found on LeadingPodcast.com. Uh, as we're recording this, we have plans with, with Lee Russell to do the return episode of Sloppy Seconds, 
doing the cover the Sabata trilogy, which I, I watched first two today, and let me tell you, there's still I have a lot of feelings about those films that may may maybe they surpass the 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 Man with No Name trilogy. It's just they're just a lot more fun to me. <laughs> we'll get into that though for sure on the shows, but uh, yeah, that's happening. Um, uh, possible interview. Coming up this Tuesday, I won't, I won't say who until it happens all the way, but uh, that's really the Sharks as well. So hopefully that happens uh, for me, for you Legionnaires out there who listen to the show and listen to this great stuff on LegionPodcast.com. Um, yeah, look for that, and that, that, could, that could, is hopefully happening. I never I never put things in stone. I've been, I've been let down before. As far as interviews go, I just say, hey, you're going to do it. And then, hey, it doesn't happen. And they're like, wah, wah, wah. So, yeah, I don't want to do that prematurely. I don't want to prematurely evacuate my uh, my interview bowels before <laughs> it actually happens. But, um, yeah, it's very tentative right now. And I have a date set up, yada, 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 which is this Tuesday. So, yay. Yay, uh, fingers and toes crossed. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Twitter at GW, Twitter at CinevivCast, uh, uh, at Legion Podcast on Twitter. Go check out their Instagram page, too, and YouTube. If you haven't checked out Ricky Morgan's House of Wax, go uh, go give that a ch- uh, go. Probably by the time this comes out, uh, his next one, which is Demons, uh, which is uh, uh, related to the, the Horror Philly shows that we did for, to, for um, NFW. So go uh, check out Ricky's Demons episode and... Uh, Go check out the ones before they did the thing and um, Fulci Zombie and what else did he do? Uh, Evil Dead and I want to say there's one more in there that I'm forgetting and uh, sorry about that, Ricky. But um, yeah, they're they're all fun. It's our first video thing on Legion and Ricky's working his ass off to produce it. So hopefully we get more video content out there. I don't know how to do that. You don't want to see my ugly ass face anyway. So why would I do that? You know, whatever. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, next time, I don't know what we're doing because I haven't had anything really scheduled for what we're doing next. But um, I have a good idea. But you know, stuff does happen. So again, don't go announcing shit. You know, stuff can happen, people. But uh, always at the Cinema Podcast. If you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. Bye. Oh, uh, stop.
myself up and get back in the race. That's life. That's life. I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting, baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird and then I'd fly. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Each time I find myself laying flat on my face, I just pick myself up and get Big ball. 